Victory Church, how you doing? Good to see you this morning. My name is Troy. Me and my wife, Darla, get the incredible privilege to pastor this church. And if you are visiting with us this morning, we want to say welcome. Thank you for spending your summer with us. We hope you will get connected, as Malcolm said, jump into growth track, uh, serve day, whatever that might be. Let, let me give a little bit more information for serve day. So we will be meeting here at 8 o'clock, and there's a lot of outside activities that we're doing to help the school get ready, uh, both financially and, and physically with their, with their grounds work. So we'll be able to do mulching and trimming and different things that from 8 a.m. hopefully to 10 a.m. we'll be able to do that. If you say, hey, I want to participate in survey, but I can't physically do those kinds of things, there's also kind of a plan B. So plan B is this. We are going to ask you to bake and prepare cookies and then take them to the local fire stations and love on them. So if you say, hey, I can't, I, I want to be a part of serve day. I want to be able to say I was with the church, but I can't get out there and do those physical things. Perfectly fine. So right after service, Miss Erica will be right out in her welcome center and you can meet her and kind of discuss what that looks like and how you can be able to serve that way. Cool church? Yeah. I gotta brag for a moment. Last Tuesday, we were a part of the uh, Smyrna July celebration, and if you heard me, if you were here last week, you heard me talk about it for a second. It's like 50,000 people come out, fireworks, food, and we had a tent, and we did free balloon animals and free face painting for the community. And and it was number one, it was just an incredible experience. It was just wild to be there. It was wild to see the church come together and do all of that. Um, one of the cool things I was so excited about because when I tie balloon animals, the thing I hate is actually blowing the balloon up and tying the balloon. And so we. We had a system, man. We had people who were blowing the balloons up and tying them. They were laying on the table, and some of us were grabbing them and tying them and stuff. It was just incredible. But my, my favorite thing was this. Two things. One is if you looked around, you saw Tim holding baby Charlie. You saw Andrew holding baby Ollie. And so you've got people committed to bringing their babies. They're holding them. Tim's having to go back to the car to cool Charlie off and come back. But And I know they can attest to this. Let's just say there were 30 people there. About 25 of the people there we've met since we moved here. And that's, that's what blew me away, is to just be able to be doing something with people that God's allowed us to meet over the past six months, and, and it's like family. And so, listen, if you're visiting or if you've been coming for a while and you're like, man, I'm really ready to take that plunge into being connected, there is no better family to be a part of than what God's building yeah. right here at Victory Church. So and so the way you do that is through Growth Track. You know, people, we have T-shirts, people are asking questions. All of our information runs through Growth Track. And so that's what you want to do, or runs through the Dream Team. So you want to jump in Growth Track, jump on the Dream Team. Be here next Saturday, as he's talking, or this Saturday, July 14, 8 o'clock. I'll be here, ready to be in my gear, ready to get dirty and serve. And it's just going to be a great time to be together. Amen? Amen. All right, ready for the Bible? Woo! If you got your books, open up to Acts chapter 16. If you got your Bibles, Acts chapter 16. If you don't have your Bibles, you can do it on your mobile device. If you don't have your mobile device, we'll put it on the screen for you, no big deal. As you're getting there, though, I want to read you a testimony. And this testimony is even special because it really kind of... <clears throat> goes in line with what I'm talking about this morning. And so I want to share this with you for a moment. Just kind of, again, uh, if you ever have a testimony, my story at tmvictory.com, shoot that to us so we can share with it. It says, I had been working for a company for a while and it had become really stagnant. Anybody been there before? Yep. All right. Um, if you serve here, you better not put your hand up. And so I wasn't learning anything. I wasn't motivated. I was just ready to move on in my career because there's seasons. I began job hunting and praying with my wife for what we wanted the new position to offer us. Right there, you can already tell that's a good man. I'm praying with my wife. We wanted another new position to offer us. We prayed for God to open the doors I should go into and shut the ones I shouldn't. This person should be preaching this morning. I had several interviews, and it was always something new that came up as a reason why I wasn't chosen, whether it was someone else willing to take less money or the company wanting someone with more experience or whatever that might be. I kept going and knowing 
when it was in God's time and it was God's will, it would happen. I went to an interview on a Friday in Smithville, Tennessee, which is the, on the other side of Murfreesboro, and I left feeling really good about the interview, thinking I nailed it. I get a call Monday morning, said I'm at the top of their really short list, only for them to come back on Wednesday and say that someone was willing to take a lot less money than the job was posted for, so they decided to hire the other candidate. Wow, closed door. It was a little discouraging, but I kept on with the search, and about a week later, I get a call from the same company saying they were rethinking their decision and wanted me to come back in for another interview. I went back in for the second time and felt like I nailed it again. And the next day I got a call saying they were extending me an offer. Now watch this. I spoke with my current supervisor and he asked me to take the weekend before I accepted anything so they could come up with a counter offer. I spoke with Pastor Troy on that Sunday before service. He asked me the counter would take, what, what the counter would take me to stay and I told him it would have to be something crazy but felt like it was pretty much out the door already. All while discussing, praying for doors to be open or closed, I walked into work on Monday morning and the counter was presented to me. They had upped the salary of the offer I received. I got my own office space and they created a new management position for me, wow. right? I felt deep down that the door had not only not been closed, but had been swung wide open. Needless to say, I accepted the counter. During my lunch break that day, I was scrolling through Facebook and saw a picture that said, God's three answers to your prayers. These were the wrote. Number one, yes. Number two, not yet. And number three, I have something better in mind. And I truly believe that with all of my heart, God is so good all the time. Come on, can we give God praise real quick? I love this testimony because he's, he's moving forward and this door closes and he thinks, man, it's over. And then a better door opens and this process continues until God gets him right where he wants him. And I just love what God's doing in people's lives in this church. And I love what God's doing, period, as your prayer warriors and as you're reading the word, God will direct us and lead us. And that's what I want to talk to you real quick this morning is how God speaks to us through the opening and closing of doors. We're in a series right now called Seven where we're learning how to hear the voice of God better. And we call it seven because there tends to be seven common ways in Scripture that God speaks to us. Now, we've given this disclaimer every week. God is not limited by how he speaks. He can speak to you however he wants. He speaks through donkeys in the Bible. He speaks through burning bushes in the Bible. He can do whatever he wants. He's gone. But when you follow throughout Scripture, there tends to be seven common ways that he speaks. And so we've been going through those. His word, our desires, pain, people. Last week we talked about the Holy Spirit. And if you weren't here, you want to check that video out because me and Jamal had a very special moment right here, forehead to forehead. And then when he held me in his arms, it was so romantic. But being able to communicate the Holy Spirit and how that process works. And this morning, I want to talk to you about... God speaking through doors. And this is kind of my favorite thing. So next week we'll end the series and we'll end it by, you know, how can we how can we tell the difference between God's voice and all the other voices in our heads and all these kind of things. But this is kind of my baby because this is the way I feel like God speaks the most to me. Because I, I, I want so bad to be in the will of God. Anybody else? I, I want so bad for God to direct me and lead me. Everything I do, I want it to be what God wants me to do. Because I know if I'm where God wants me, it'll be the best for me. But I don't always have the best hearing. And so I've kind of learned how to be communicated to by God through the opening and closing of doors. Watch this. Proverbs 16, 9 says this. In a human's heart, right? We, 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 in their hearts, humans plan their course. Anybody here a planner? Are you a planner? 
I have five calendars, just so you know. Five calendars, one hanging on the wall, one on my phone, one on my computer. I mean, it's ridiculous, okay, because I'm such a planner. And that's how we are, we're, we're planners. It says, so in our hearts, we plan, but the Lord establishes our steps. So you can plan all you want, but the Lord establishes our steps. And I believe he establishes them through the opening and closing of doors. Anybody here watch Scooby-Doo? Anybody Scooby-Doo fan? Uh, my sister was a big Scooby-Doo fan, so I watched it a lot. And if you've, ever, if you've ever watched it, you've probably seen the scene where there'll be like a hallway of doors, and they'll start chasing, and they'll go in this door, and then they'll pop out this door, and then they'll be over here at this door, and then they'll be back in this door, and then one person will be in this door, one person will be in that. That's kind of how I felt when I've been trying to discern the will of God for my life, right? And I'm just kind of in this door, out that door. And the more and more I learned, okay, okay, this is how God uses doors, the more that chaos kind of became a little bit more streamlined to where I could clearly see what God was saying. So here's what I'm going to tell you. Two quick things. Number one is this. God communicates to us through closed doors. God speaks to us through closed doors. Opportunities that don't happen. Things that we want to happen but don't happen. I wanted that job. I didn't get it. I wanted that relationship. I didn't get it. I wanted that raise. I didn't get it. God communicates to us through closed doors. Let me show you. So Acts chapter 16 is where we're kind of at today. I'll jump to a couple other verses. And we're following Paul in his missionary journey. So here's what Paul would do. He would go around these places and preach the gospel, and then he would raise up people and raise up churches, and he'd move on to the next place. So Acts chapter 16, something happens and something is said that you and I need to pay close attention to. Watch this. In chapter 16, verses 6 and 7 is where we're going to jump in. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of, and y'all going to have to bear with me on these words. I tried to memorize them, but uh, we'll just go with... Uh, We'll go with the P word. Y'all go with that? Throughout the region of the P word and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Did you see that? Having been, been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. All right, come back to that. When they came to the border of Maije, they tried to enter Bithynia, and but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Check that out. So they've been kept by the Holy Spirit, and now the Spirit of Jesus would what? Not allow them to. So you've got the Holy Spirit closing doors on Paul. Now here's what's interesting, is Paul is not trying to go have an affair. Paul is not trying to step out and do some real sinful thing. Paul's trying to preach the gospel. All he wanted to do was go into the province of Asia and preach the gospel. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit kept him from that. We have to learn that sometimes God puts closed doors in our life, and it's not because we're necessarily walking into sin. Yes, I believe God tries to close doors before we do that, but it's not always that on the other end of the door is a hellish situation. Sometimes God just doesn't want you to have access into that place in this season. Sometimes it's timing. Timing's everything. I believe sometimes God will close a door on you, and if you come back around years later, the door will open. I just believe it's timing. But sometimes it has more to do with the fact that God wants you to go somewhere else. And what we have to learn, church, is we have to learn to trust God and trust closed doors instead of trying to force those doors open. One time when I was young, uh, I don't know, I was probably eight or nine my sister, so she had her room and I had my room, and she had a Super Nintendo and I had a Sega, all right? Sega. 
and my sticker was broken, it wasn't working, and so her Super Nintendo was. And my friends came over, and her friends came over, and she allowed all of my friends to come into her room with her friends so that they could play Super Nintendo. Hashtag Donkey Kong, okay? <laughs> but she wouldn't let me. Yeah, how bogus is this, right? She would let all of my friends come in. So there was like four or five or six people in the room, my friends, her friends, having a good time. But she wouldn't let me in. So she would lock her door, and then when I would knock, she would open a little big, and I'm like, what do you want, Troy? I'm like, my friends are in there. Like, at least kick them out, or they got to hang out with me. And she wouldn't do it. So she closed the lock, and so I got all intelligent, went and got the butter knife, right? Y'all remember that? You tried to use the butter knife, the door, and I started that process, and, and you know, I was trying to turn it, and I had one lid on it, you know, and I'm pushing, and all of a sudden, I guess something clicked right, and that door came open, and when it did, it hit me right in the forehead. And I was like, oh! And so by the time my parents got home from work, I had a big bump on my head from that process. And, and, and here's the deal. Don't force doors open that aren't supposed to be open, right? And this is what we do in our life, right? We, we get into a relationship, and God closes that door, and instead of us trusting God that that relationship's supposed to be over, we start trying to force that door open, right? And then we get hurt by it, right? Why did that happen? Because God closed it for a reason. It was supposed to be closed, and you forced it open. We'll start kicking stuff and picking it, going and trying to pull at it, right? Whether it's financial, God will close the door on it. I can't afford that right now. God's closing the door. Well, I'll force that door open with the credit card. You know what I mean? And so I'll just finance it, and now I get it. We have all these situations where God is trying to stop us from getting that access right now in this season of our life because he knows better for us than we do. And so here we are staring at closed doors and we're angry at God. Why is that closed? And God says, listen, I'm looking 15 years ahead in your life, okay? I'm trying to protect you and prepare you for what I want to do long term. You're worried about this locked door. Just trust me yeah. and move on. And instead we force open. And here's what happens. We kick it open. We get in. We don't like it. And then we're mad at God for letting us experience it. Why would you even, why did you let her break my heart? I didn't want you to date her to begin with. Well, why did this happen? I tried to move him out of your life a long time ago, but you kept texting him and Instagramming him and swipe writing him or whatever the concept is. And I was trying to get him out a long time ago because I knew he would hurt you. And now you're mad at me? Right? Why? God, I can't tithe. I'm broke. Right? Because you financed everything you got when I told you you didn't need it. You didn't need three cars. You ain't even got a garage. You know what? I'm trying to help you with the closed door. But instead of trusting God, we get angry and we start forcing it, picking it, preparing it the best we can. And here's what I've learned. God will eventually allow you to open that door. Because God is a God of free will. So he tries to warn you, hey, look, listen. Listen. <laughs> I tell my children all the time, you better not pull on that. I warned you once, when I didn't get you in the head, you won't do it again. You know what I mean? And we pull on those doors, and it keeps happening, and we end up trying to force a situation that in the end we should have never forced. When I was uh, kind of coming out of, I guess you said coming out of high school into ministry school, I wanted to be in the youth group. I'm about to get real open with y'all for a moment. Uh, and so I started dating a girl in the youth group, and that wasn't allowed. I couldn't work as a youth pastor assistant and date a girl in the youth group. Makes sense, right? She was 17, or she was 16, I was 17, back about And so um, that, that, that process ended up being where that just wouldn't happen. So I ended up losing that job. Um, I had to choose between her and the job, and like an idiot, I chose her, right? Welcome to like three months later. I can talk to y'all about that in the lobby. And so this whole process moves on. Now watch this. They start an internship in our church. 
And the first year of the internship, it was so small, everybody was involved in the youth group because the youth group was so big. I said, hmm, I got a plan. If I join that internship, they can't stop me from being in the youth group. Right? I have to serve the youth, it won't make sense. So the second year of the internship, I joined it. It went from five people to 30 people. And so now that there were 30 people in the internship, they started splitting them up in different areas. And the leader came to me and said, Troy, you are going to be in the kids' ministry. I looked at him square in his face and said, you are an idiot. Like, like I mean, have you, you seen me? Have you met me? You're going to put me with children? And it's crazy how I continued to try to force my way into something, and it didn't end up the way I thought it was going to end up. Let me, let me teach you this. If you don't learn anything else about closed doors, learn this. When a door is closed in your life, God's closed it for one of three reasons. Number one, he's protecting you. Okay? That's why he didn't want that relationship to happen. That's why he didn't want that situation to go down like that. That's why he wanted that person out of your life. That's why he didn't want you to get that job. He was protecting you. Or he's redirecting you. He's either protecting you or he's redirecting you. I don't want you to go in that door because there's something else. Don't go in that door, go in this door. So he's either protecting you, he's either redirecting you, or he's trying to keep you from less than his best. Okay? Let me put it to you like this. Mark chapter 2, there's a story. Jesus is preaching in this house, and the house gets real crowded. And the front door, it's so crowded that the front door is now not an opportunity for you to come into the front door. And yet these four guys show up, and they're carrying one of their friends who needs healing. And they brought him so that Jesus can heal him. And when they get to it, they can't go in the front door. The front door is too bad. They can't go in the front door. And so according to the Bible, they look up, and they climb onto the roof of the house, and they pull back to the roof, and they lower him down to Jesus. Here's what that teaches when one door is closed, it may be God telling you to aim higher. Okay? There's another door for you. It's just the process of you aiming higher, for you changing your perspective, for you looking for greater. If God's closed one door in your life, it may just be that God's got something better for you in the long run. And so trust God. Don't force small doors open in your life when God's opening big doors, okay? Don't settle for less than God's best. Quit trying to force doors open and allow closed doors to redirect you and protect you from what God's trying to protect you from and put you into a position so that you can aim higher and experience more for what God has in your life. Amen. Closed doors. Once we can begin to respect closed doors, then we have the opportunity to look for the open door. Okay? So, so once you accept the closed door in your life, you are now moved with the energy to find the open door. So here's Paul. These doors begin to close in Acts 16, 6, and 7. Now watch 8 through 10. It says, so they passed by Maisha and went down, here's my favorite word, down to Troas. Come on. Troy, right? Went down to Troas. Y'all not helping me out this morning. This is going to have to work this. Uh, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia. So one door closes. Watch this. The vision, he was standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul saw the vision, he got ready to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So he had a closed door. Don't go there. The Holy Spirit kept him from going there. And then in a dream, he sees a man saying, come here. Come over here. Preach the gospel to us in Macedonia. 
proving that God will close one door in your life to redirect you and hoping that you will keep searching until you find the open door. Right? Do we have that picture of all these doors? So, so kind of watch how this process goes. Wow, it's a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. Um, so we'll go ahead and open this for us. We'll prop this open. If it'll prop open. If this door falls on me during the service, y'all pray for me, okay? All right. So these doors are bigger than I wanted, but, but imagine, imagine multiple doors. So you've got, you've got this door closed in your life. You, you can't go this direction. So you keep trying doors. You keep trying doors. You keep trying doors until you find the open door, okay? So we'll just take a job application. You had this job you really wanted. You put an application, you didn't get it. Instead of sitting here pouting and staring at the closed door or trying to force it open, move on, all right? Well, then this door's closed, okay? Then move on again. Well, well, this door's closed. Okay, that's fine, move on again. Well, this door's closed. Well, keep moving until you find the opened door. God will establish your what? Steps. So if one door is closed, he's moving and redirecting you so you can find the door he's already opened. This, and maybe, maybe I haven't quite explained this enough yet to you, but to me, this is the easiest way to pray for God's will in our life. Right? To come in and say, all right, God, I'm going to move forward. I'm praying. So we'll take, uh, we'll, we'll stay on the job concept. So I'm praying for a job. And so this is the direction I think I'm going. And so I go this direction. It just doesn't work. The door doesn't open. And so I keep on praying for this. And this doesn't open. I keep on praying for this. And this doesn't open. And then eventually I find the door that opens. And as long as I'm operating by that, I have to trust the door that God opened. Let me say it like this. I think divine appointments often start, up, start as closed doors. I think divine appointments often start as closed doors. Let me give you an example. So when we first moved here, this buddy of mine who has a church, I think, I guess it's in Brentwood, invites us out, to, you know, invites the team out, I'm going to preach and we're going to take up a love offering for the church. This was like a year ago. We, you know, we weren't going to launch for another six months or whatever. And we get there, and I, and I preach, and the service is great. We're having a good time, and I'm talking to this guy afterwards, and he's kind of the executive-type position of that church. He's not paid. He's just kind of a volunteer. We start talking, and I find out he planted a church years ago in Springfield, Missouri, and it didn't work out. And him and his wife and their kids have moved here, kind of trying to figure out what's God's next step for them. And the pastor of this church was his buddy, so that's where he naturally went. Then I find out they live in Smyrna, Okay. Then I find out they have kids the same exact age as my two kids. And I'm like, God, did you do this? Right? They just they connect. He lives in Smyrna. They, they, they've got kind of a history of church planning. This is awesome. So darling and I go to dinner at their house. And by the time the dinner's over, we can, we can tell they don't share the same culture that we share. Like, they're, they're, they're godly people, and that's great. But their culture is more the church they were at. So, so this is not God's plan, right? Friendship, yes, but not for them to come help us plant Victory Church. So that door was closed. I never really thought anything else about it. Like, God, for whatever reason, you closed that door in my life. So months go by, and I get a text message from him. And he says, hey, can we go grab coffee? And I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm really busy. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know what the purpose or the agenda would be, but, you know, I'm trusting God, so let's just go. So I go and meet him for coffee, probably an hour and a half, two hours into this coffee meeting. I'm sitting there going, why am I here? Like, what, what, what was the agenda? What was your purpose here? And so he's talking, he's going on and on, and all of a sudden, he's, he, he just talks, he goes, and then my buddy Jeff, and I said, hey, bro, who's Jeff? He said, Jeff Butterworth. 
That caught my attention because that's a unique name. And so I was like, who is Jeff Butterworth? And he goes, oh, he's my buddy. He, he, he leads worship and he lead, lives here in Smyrna. I said, tell me, he leads worship and he lives in Smyrna and you're just now telling me about him? You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's make this kind of, he goes, well, I hadn't talked to him in 20 years. I was like, oh, okay. So you're not even sure he's alive, right? Um, and so I'm like, well, hey, you know, do you have his phone number? Can I call him? And he's like, nah, well, I don't really want to do that because I hadn't talked to him. I said, well, can you just tell me, can you just tell me how to spell his name? And I'll go stalk him on Facebook. And so he's like, okay. So he gives me his name on a napkin, and I go and message him on Facebook. I'm like, hey, Jeff, you don't know me. I heard your name through a grapevine, but would you won't be willing to get coffee? So he does end up getting coffee. We do fall in love with Jeff. We meet him and his wife on. And then Jeff and Brianna are the two up here, Jeff, on this piano. Brianna, pretty little dark hair, plays. But they're on the worship team. They're on the dream team. They're part of the leadership team in the church. Watch how God would close one door just to open up another door. Yeah. Right? See what I mean? Now, I know I'm trying to explain this to you, but, but walk this out with me. God closed the door with this first couple, and I could have just sat there and pouted, right? God, how come they, how come they can't be with us? They, they, are, they live here. They live, they live right here, God. Why can't this? You just need to open this door, God. Or I could have forced it open, right? I mean, God, I could have set them down and, boom, listen, you're leaving that church and you're coming with us, right? You know, I mean, we can do those things, but instead we trust God in that process, and months later, God opens this door we never saw coming. This is the principle of closed and open doors with God. You keep walking, and when God closes one, don't get frustrated. Don't get angry. Don't get bitter. And do not spend your entire life pouting in front of a closed door. How come you won't open this? Hey! It's like a three thousand dollars screen. Probably shouldn't hit it. <laughs> hey God, I want to go that way. Did you catch that? Y'all didn't. I want to go that way. Open this door. If you don't open this door, I'm not even coming to church no more. If you don't open this door, I'm not tithing. Mm. <laughs> if you don't open this door, I'm not serving on the dream team no more. If you don't open this door, God, I'm, I'm done. And the entire time, God's going, hey, he's like thumping you on your head. Like, hey, listen, if you would just move over a couple of doors, you would find the open door, and then you'd realize once you walk through it, man, this was way better than what I wanted to begin with. It's a process of praying, God, show me the open door. I'll move until you give me the open door. So God communicates to us, to us through closed doors. Don't go that way. I'm protecting you. I'm redirecting you. I don't want you to settle for less than my best. And then, hopefully, if you see the closed door and you respect the closed door, you'll start to look for the open door. Now, here's the cool thing about open doors, okay? When I read scripture, I tend to, I tend to kind of like go there in my mind and like be there personally and kind of see it. So there's a verse, and I'm going to show it to you up here on the screen, that refers to the ability that when, when God opens doors, that nobody can shut them. Okay, it's in Revelation. Watch this. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. Okay, now the key of David, real quick, David had this guy who's kind of like an executive role with him, and he had a key held on his shoulder that had an access to every room in, in David's mansion. So if you needed a you needed a door open, you, he's the coach trotter of the Bible. Y'all don't know that. And so he had a key to it. So he had a key to it. What he opens, no one can shut. See that? What he opens, who's he got? No one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Okay? I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. Now watch this. When, when a door is closed, 
and you're forcing it over here, where is all the energy? So you're trying to press it in, right? So you press it in. See, well, I'm gonna use, I'm gonna, right, just like here. Right, just, just run around with it. Okay, so the pressure is on this door. So, so we're, we're pushing, we're kicking. Come here, come here, come here and act like, act like you're pushing this door over, right? So, so there, so, so while we're doing that, the devil's just over here like this. Just happy. Keep on, what you doing? Taking a break. Oh, okay, there you go. That's some ugly push-ups, by the way. So while we're doing all the work, the devil's just over here grinning. Like, ah, keep on trying, right? And all of our energy, all of our, and then we start getting friends to help us. Come on, man, can you talk to her for me? You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Come on, can you talk to your body? We start trying to get all this help, and all the energy is from us against the door. Make sense? All the pressure, all the weight, all, now I want to show you a weight shift that happens when you start allowing God to open the doors in your life. Here's the weight shift. The enemy, what's he doing? Hell, they laugh, right? Now watch this. Come over here. You come on this side. Now look, don't push this hard. I know you're strong and you're breaking doors, okay? <laughs> now watch. When you're in the will of God and the doors are open to you, now the pressure's on him, the enemy. And he's pressing, pretend like you're pushing, but you can't close it. Can't close it. What are you doing? You're closing it. He don't read his Bible. Okay. So the enemy's pushing, and no matter how hard he pushes, he's not closing the door. Because the doors that God opens, no man can what? He, can, he can't close them. So, so now all the energy, you, are you catching this? All the weight, all the energy is shifted. It went from us, exhausted, trying, I just, I just want to make this happen. I want to make this happen. I want to make this happen. And all of your energy is being exerted. And all this weight's being exerted. And you're exhausting yourself in the process. And God says if you would just acknowledge the closed door and move on to the open door, you would find out that you are no longer the one giving off the energy. It's the enemy trying all he can to close the door. And you just get to walk freely through it and freely back through it because God opened it, you didn't open it. And here's the best thing about doors that God opens is you don't ever have to worry about somebody closing it because you didn't open it. God opened it. If you force this door open, it's going to be up to you to keep it open. And you're going to have to work your tail off to be able to make that work. And you're going to have to pretend to be somebody that you're not. And you're going to have to exhaust yourself to keep that going. And the whole time God's saying, if you would have just been with me, you'd learn that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And if you would follow me, you would be able to walk through open doors into blessings and walk through into blessings. And no matter how hard he pushes and no matter what your boss says and no matter what your mama says and no matter what your grandmama says and no matter what your best friend says, no matter what happens, they cannot detour you from the door that God opened because God opened it. And the door that God opens, no man can shut. There is victory in humbling yourself and saying, God, I want to go right, but you seem to have closed the door, so I'll go left. And even though right makes sense, I just want to preach to the prophet's patient. Even though the right makes sense, I'll trust you, God, and go left. And I'll learn that as I walk through, I'll go through one door. Because can I tell you real quick, when we look at God's plan from an aerial view, we view God's plan, hey, don't go nowhere. We view God's plan as a shotgun house. As if God's will has one door. 
I'm just getting that door open. I'm in the will of God. You ever seen the, the aerial view of a blueprint of like a mansion? That's more God's will for your life. There's hundreds of doors. But once you start operating through open doors, the doors are swung open and you can come into every season and wow. Wow, I never, I never thought I'd be here. So, don't go anywhere. I'm still going to use you. When we moved here, we started looking for a facility for the church. And the only thing we could find at the time was the movie theater. Number one, it was really expensive. Number two, I found out later that Brian Hall, uh, him and Nikki, they go to church here. Brian serves in kids ministry, and Nikki does too. I found out that Brian is like, uh, like a phobia. He has a phobia of movie theaters. So we wouldn't have been able to share the gospel with him. He wouldn't have gone through a movie theater, right? So God knew. So we ended up getting the school. Like one year before we got here, a church had been kicked out of the school. And they were done. They weren't going to allow schools anymore. And their new principal came. And the new principal, not only does he love the Lord, but he, start, he attends a church in Murfreesboro that has a campus in a school. When we got here, there were closed doors. We could have forced it open. But as you're trusting God, and you start walking through doors God's opened for you, you start to find out, man, this is a lot easier than I thought it would be. Why is it easier than I thought it would be? Because even though you have plans in your heart, you're allowing the Lord to establish your steps. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's going to come without battles and all that. We talked about pain. But I'm just telling you, the energy you spend forcing doors open, you could do away with it if you would start seeking the open door in the process of walking God's plan for your life. So good. Make sense? Yeah. Hey, so Blake, come and sit down right here. Indian style or however you, however you do with them tight jeans on. <laughs> so, don't run me down with two. So, with this series ending next week, and this being pretty simple, you don't get any more clear than closed doors, open doors. I mean, there it is. I started asking God, I'm like, what? but what are you really trying to teach us here? Wait, wait, can I see that book? So this is my prayer journal that I had in Memphis when we were praying for the church. And so we knew for about a year that we were going to move here and plant the church. And uh, every day for a year, I would go to the gym, work out, and walk out where we say, just walk the track and pray. And just to give you an idea, these are just, these are just some of the prayer requests that I had to pray through. There were so many things going on. I thought I'd read some of them to you. Um, one of them is... We needed, we needed money for Christmas. We, we, were, we were transitioning financially. We needed money to be able to get our kids Christmas present. God answered that. He opened that door. Uh, I thought that was interesting. One of them, we, we, our, our water heater went out right towards the time we were about to sell our house. It was like a $2,000 purchase. And we prayed for God to open that door and found that my mom was able to get it. The whole thing fixed for like 150 bucks. That crazy stuff. We had gotten here prayers for Sam and Chase, Andrew and Amber's house, uh, just different things that God did. But here's what's cool is there's things in here I prayed for that God closed the door. There's a young lady in here, her name, a young man, his name, that we were praying for God to move them here with us, and God closed that door. One thing that's here is interesting is a beard. I prayed for a beard. <laughs> pray. Pray that God would make hair follicles grow out of my face. <laughs> and he closed that door. And I'm still trying to force it open. Uh, if you catch me on Saturdays, I'll, you can tell I'm trying to force it open. 
But just so many great things that God answered. And, and, and here's what I felt to say. He said, Troy, when you get this How to Hear the Voice of God series, I wanted you to teach them what you learned from the prayer life you had in the process of planning the church. And I said, all right, I just want to teach them how to hear your voice. He said, no, 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 no. I want you to teach them the best lesson you learned. What, 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 when it was all said and done, what was the best thing you got out of it? Started walking through, you know, the $65,000 that was given to us, $175,000 we raised, 20 people that sold their houses and moved with us, and just going through all these things, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even a question, I knew what it was. The intimacy that I had with God through that process was incredible. It was less about the destination and more about the journey. Mornings where I was deep in the presence of God and he wasn't answering it. The doors were still closed, but the communion that we had was incredible. And so here was the overall message. As we're learning to hear the voice of God, church, we can't learn to hear the voice of God just so he can answer all of our questions. We're not learning to hear the voice of God so he can tell us where to go. Because it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. We're learning how to hear the voice of God so that we can have relationship with God. And I thought, God, how, can, how, can I, how can I illustrate that? Blake said <laughs> And then I read Revelations 3.20. Go ahead and put that up on the screen. Listen. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, do you see that? Here's my voice and opens the door. I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So I was like, okay. So God, you got to tell me to come in. The Bible said it. You got to invite me in. This is like Lost Boys. You got to invite me in. Okay. Don't care if that reference not okay. Some of y'all right now are just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Just wait. <laughs> trying to fix this with a microphone pad. Oh, dude, we have got to get back to jeans. <laughs> Fashion is stopping intimacy with God. <laughs> no syrup, Tim? No oh, syrup. It's hard to get good help right here. <laughs> Trying to 
you sit up on stage? I know you, you know, you're taking them. We're going somewhere, just stay with me. I, I don't know. I need one more. Caesar. Get up here, bro. You're fired if you don't get up here. A dock and pay. What's 10% of zero? You guys should give one of yours, now I'm down to one. All right, now, catch this. Can you put that verse back up? Because when you read stuff like this, you just read right on. Here I am, I stand at the door, and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice, who? Anyone. You mean Christians? No. Anyone. You mean biblical scholars? Yep. Anyone, anyone hears my voice and opens the door, commit my life to Jesus. I, just want I will come in and I will eat with that person. Why would Jesus say that? Jesus is the bread of life. He doesn't even need to eat. Why would he do that? Because this is the greatest form of fellowship. My dad is in town, dad, mom in town. We're eating lunch today. My dad said, when I go out of town, I get fat. I said, why? He said, because all we do is go eat. Is that when you want to hang out with you, what do you do? Let's go eat. It's the number one sign of fellowship. So Jesus was saying, hey, don't learn to hear my voice so that you know all of the right answers and the directions. Seek fellowship. Just be excited to have a meal. I just want to hear the voice of God to hear the voice of God. Hey, what did you do this weekend? Play video games. Your mom and dad were like chasing mushrooms down. We're playing video games. What y'all do? Who? Cleaned up. Y'all look porn. <laughs> That's all right, I didn't know either. <laughs> <laughs> what you do? You always want work. You need to. I should have you, was on a cruise. Yes, right. <laughs> it's just fellowship and fun. Please listen to me, church. As we move forward, we're going to do a lot of great things in the name of God. And we're going to see miracles done. We're going to serve. People are going to get saved. People are going to be disciples in small groups. All these great things. But we cannot forget the purpose of all of this, which is to help us get closer to God. I know you want to know if you should marry him or her, or if you should take that job, if you should do this or do that. And God is going to tell you. But please be somebody who yearns for this with God more than just his direction. How you doing, God? Can I tell you about my day? Can I tell you about the things I'm dealing with, with me and my wife, with me and my kids, my finances, and can we just talk? Can we just have a relationship? And here's what I think happens. When you yearn for this, I'm gonna try to get up. I'm gonna give y'all a transition, so don't worry. When we yearn for this, here's how it ends up working. 
Y'all ready? We're going that way. We're going through that door. Mark, can you just go right down? Okay. God, God bless you. You just you get the you get the straight way. Y'all ready? No confusion. Now this door might fall. But we're going that way. Going that way. Going that way. Going that way. It's funny how all the worries and confusions are done. When you seek this, that becomes so clear. Lord, we thank you for who you are and your faithfulness. God, your word. I thank you that you close doors in my life to protect me and redirect me and to keep me from less than your best. And I'm so thankful for open doors in my life. But God, most of all, for me and for this church, our prayer is to yearn to hear your voice just to have relationship Just to have that for you to come in and eat with us, have a meal with us, and to have fellowship. So God, I pray that you would continue to teach us how to hear your voice so that we can do just that, have relationship with you beyond destination and direction that we can enjoy the journey. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said.